Let us pray. Shatter the silence, mighty God, with your glad and glorious greetings. Banish all our fears and give us faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. If there is anything said from this pulpit that is against your will, let it come to naught and do no harm. But if there is anything said from this pulpit that is according to your will, let it be heard, as if sung by the voice of angels, that hearing we might believe, and believing obey. Amen. I'll never forget the first few days that my wife and I left our home state of Maine for, for seminary in New Jersey. It wasn't enough that this was a departure from how our families functioned. Almost all of our siblings and cousins still live in the state of Maine. It wasn't enough that neither of us had jobs or any legitimate income stream in moving to New Jersey. It wasn't enough that I still wasn't sure how I managed to get accepted to the seminary in the first place or why I was following this path in my life. It wasn't enough that we had a six-month-old baby girl. Because then, that six-month-old baby girl got really sick on our first few days on campus. And I mean really sick. Neither of us were yet 25 years old. We had no support network there and really no clue what to do with a fragile baby with a scary fever. I can remember our panic. It was as if life was scolding us for taking on too much too soon, for attempting to rush through without the proper appreciation for the blessings of our lives. Life has a way of acting like that. Probably for good reason. Not one of us look at our lives and think to ourselves, wow, this is all really going too slow. Our children become teenagers too soon. Our bodies change too soon. Our loved ones go away too soon. How many of us, even today, will look back on past Easter's of children in their dresses and clean pants, of dinner tables that look very different than they once did? How many of us will look back on past Easter's today and say, where did the time go? Well, it went with the fever. We think that the fever is new, that it is called corona. But the fever has been here for our whole lives. We burn life very hot. As we attempt to fit it all in and meet our goals and, and leave some kind of legacy, we fail to notice that 
Time is winning. Because that is what time does. It wins, and we fall prey to the fever. The fever of life. Which is why we need, at least once a year, what those women at the tomb needed. Someone to say, stop just for a minute and take a look. We can only imagine everything that's going through their heads on that Easter morning. From the betrayal of Judas to the denial of Peter to the crucifixion of Jesus right there in front of everyone, they were spinning And if they're anything like most of us, they're headed to the tomb because they just need something to do in the midst of their sadness. They need to keep their hands and feet busy because if they don't, they might just crumble. When they arrive, when they run into something that they could never have expected, an angel outside the empty tomb. When they're told that Jesus was risen from the dead, we can imagine this great checklist of things that a great checklist of things to do was already being created in their minds. Maybe they would even need to open up a new spreadsheet for all the things that they now needed to do. But did you notice the the first instruction that the angel gives to them? The first instruction that the angel gives to them. Before he says, go off to Galilee, before he says to tell the disciples anything, he tells them, come and see the place where he lay. Stop just for a minute and take a look. In fact, as Matthew tells this story of the resurrection, he gives that admonition to look no fewer than six times. Easter can be about Jumping to action to share the good news. But first it must be about stopping to take a look at where life has happened. You will be happy to know that the baby I told you about, the one with the fever, she survived. (laughs) In fact, Earlier this year, the baby with her fever got a license to drive. And in our minds, we ask, where did the time go? I can tell you where it went. The same place it goes for all of you. It went with the fever. But still, I keep the memories of those first few days in Princeton very close. 
One image especially sticks with me. It was in the middle of the night and I woke to the realization that my wife was not beside me. And I cast off the blankets and I rubbed my eyes as I walked around our small apartment. As I turned the corner and into the hall, I saw them. They were both asleep in the rocking chair. A young mother holding and a feverish daughter being held. And that, if I can recall, was the night that the fever broke. And that, if I might suggest, is at the very heart of the Easter message. The fever doesn't win. The fever doesn't win. No amount of fever, no kind of fever, not a deathly fever, not even the fever of a tomb can separate us from the love of God because in the boil of life, in the midst of the fever, whether it be the fever of your personal rat race or family concerns or national schism or geopolitical disruption, we are like the feverish child in the chair. We are held. We are held. When is the last time you felt held? Is there anything really like it? Can you stop with me right here outside the empty tomb? Can you be with me? Just be with me right here with the two Marys who needed to be told to stop. Can you lay aside the fever with me for just a moment right here on Easter morning, away from the news and away from the predictions? There will be a time to act, to live out the good news of the resurrection, to preach it like Mary did, and if necessary, to use words. But for a moment on this Easter morning, can you breathe with me, breathe into the empty space that once held the physical body of Jesus to see and to take in the good news that he is no longer there, to see that he is risen, and to see that through the fever, in spite of the fever, you and I, we are held, and we are going to be held until long after the fever breaks. Amen.